0: welcome one and all to episode 166 of the original draft breakdown podcast i'm your host seth cox with me tonight my co-host justin higdon and justin we are through three weeks in college football it is well we've got firing scott frost last week herm edwards this week um and then we've got some early returns of disappointment for guys that were projected to go high in the 2023 nfl draft but before we get to that how are you doing man
1: doing great um we saw some monday night uh football madness this week josh allen was amazing jalen hurts was incredible this week as well so uh it's looking like that uh that athletic archetype quarterback is is really catching fire right now um obviously Herbert and and Pat Mahomes are our big draws too. And those guys, it really, it's, it's a confusing start to the NFL season because it looks like there's only two good, like really good teams and it's the chiefs and the bills and they're going to have to fight each other to get into the super bowl. Um, NFC teams. I think we're still trying to sort out, but, uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Like you said, Seth, uh, we're three weeks into the college football season, so we're going to mix it up. We've been recapping the games, but now we want to kind of start to talk about the cumulative effect of these games and these prospects, these NFL draft prospects. So we're going to talk about some disappointments. Uh, we're not mad at these guys. We're just disappointed, like the parents that we are. And then yeah. we've got some Heisman front runners that we're going to talk about and and uh, see if we think there's anybody missing from that group. And then, of course, we're going to preview week four, we'll end with a hot take. So I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah. And so this week, like you said, we're going to start with the guys that are just not living up to the early season expectations. And it's one of those things that we've talked about quite a bit that when you put expectations on a guy that hasn't done it yet, your you're setting yourself up for failure because it's not that the player's failing you it's that you just i don't want to say you don't know what you're doing but you're you're clearly you're clearly projecting what you want to happen um you and i were guilty of it last year with spencer rattler right like that's i think that's the easiest case to make um but this year there's a there's a, a group of guys that either have not ever lived up to the hype or one in which that he's never gotten back to being the star that that everybody thought he was but let's start with and, Eli. And some
1: of these guys we we were high on we we talked about them in the off season and some of them we kind of were lukewarm on but rattler's a great example I wrote about him this week this is my uh weekly plug if you uh, if, if you subscribe to us on patreon you'll get right now two articles a week. Uh, so that's about eight per month. You're going to get an extra bonus episode per week as well. So that's four per month. You get the bonus episode on the elite tier, which is $2 a month. You get all of our content for $4 a month on the generational tier. And every week I'm writing about, I'm doing my uh my box score scouting article. And Spencer Rattler was part of that. So, um, but go ahead. Let's talk about these disappointments.
0: Yeah, let's start with Eli Ricks. Um,
1: That's a guy we were high on.
0: Yeah, this is a a huge transfer. This was one of the kind of shockwave transfers heading into this year. Um, 6'2", 200-pound corner, transferring from LSU to Bama. Um,
1: And this is a guy that garnered a lot of attention. Ohio State was in on him at first. And bama lands him and everybody you know i i was looking at a way too early mock uh from i think usa today
0: and he was going in front of keely ringo in, in some of, some of those mocks. mocks
1: yeah but he was definitely going top 20
0: and and so you look at it and you know it's not the play it's that he's not playing. Um. He played special teams against Texas and then in their I don't know what you want to call it, whatever they did on Saturday, like live scrimmage. I don't know. <laughs> they he, he I like got to call in. those
1: a walkthrough. You know, yeah. They, what were they playing Louisiana Monroe?
0: Yeah. He uh he got in late when
1: Second half. Things were in the, hand. Yeah. He played he a little has, bit.
0: You know, he has two tackles through three games. Like, no pass breakups,
1: situ- no picks.
0: It's one of those situations where it's hard because he's literally just not playing.
1: That kind of says it all, though, right? Because he he came in for Kool Aid McKinstry in the second half. So I, we know that uh, McKinstry is the second uh, year guy. He's a true sophomore. Obviously, a super red hot recruit coming out. And it's not really a shocker that. That, uh, he's, that McKinstry's playing, but it is kind of a shocker that Ricks isn't playing opposite of McKinstry, right? But that's, right. that's how things are going right now, and it doesn't appear that he has the trust of the coaching staff. And that's a big thing for Nick Saban. So now we're at a point where we have to start to wonder, is Eli Ricks even going to declare is he going to end up back in the transfer portal
0: that that's what i was going to say to you i don't think he can declare i i I just don't think that there's any way as things stand now he can't
1: and that the only thing it seems that the only thing will open the door for him is like an injury
0: yeah and i mean it is bama so we know that they're going to be playing late in the year so he he had i mean it's three games in the season he has at least Ten more games to change things around, but at this time, it's hard to see where um, where he fits in in this in this Alabama secondary and in this um in this draft class overall because like you said, like Guys like Joey Porter and Keely Ringo are not just playing, but they're they're playing at an extremely high level, right. And so I mean, you can't take a guy like Ricks, who's not even getting on the field and, and put them put him even on the same plane right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch just how the season ends up for him, but right now, I think he's got to come back. a guy that we were
1: lukewarm on
0: yeah we want we wanted to see more um you and i definitely had some questions about a lot of his situation and mainly it was why he wasn't transferring with the rest of the exodus from tcu and that's quentin johnston um we talked about this the other day uh everybody wants that that next six six three six four monster on the outside um You know as a freshman i think you would agree that was probably his his like what you were expecting to see and he had a good sophomore year so freshman year averaged over 22 yards a catch sophomore year down but still over 19 yards a catch and six touchdowns that year um this year and it's only two games but he has five receptions for 44 yards
1: yeah they haven't gotten it going in the passing game. And I mean, a lot of that's on the quarterback. There's been a, a coaching change, I think, since he's gotten there. But uh, you look at the highlights, and one of the things we talk about when we're, you know, addressing NFL draft prospects is the highlights should be great. Uh, the highlights shouldn't just be routine. That doesn't mean a guy's going to be. Uh, he, that he's not going to be good if he just has sort of routine highlights you have to look at the traits but it's when when it becomes tough for these uh YouTube video guys to make a highlight reel that's impressive you have to kind of scratch your head and that's kind of been Johnson's Johnston's uh thing to this point he hasn't he yeah he has that impressive yards per catch and that uh we talk about like where he's being targeted that's a good thing that's a positive but you also see some issues is he getting enough separation is he showing enough long speed and those kind of things i think ultimately this guy's a pretty good prospect but not a wide receiver not the wide receiver one in this class where you've got uh, smith and jigba who of course he's he's been hurt so he's a slow starter this year You've got Jordan Addison, who's looking fantastic at, at USC after transferring from Pitt. Uh, you got another guy we're going to talk about in a minute. But um, Johnston, he's legitimately off to a slow start. There's no way around it. It's only two games. They had a bye week early, and so he's got a chance to, to revive himself and revive his stock. But it's just not been a promising... Uh, start to the season so we'll see how things go i think johnston's going to ultimately be okay and get into that day two range as a as a receiver prospect but certainly i, I haven't been impressed with anything he's put out this year and, and and part of that's probably not his fault
0: next on the list is uh another wide receiver and yeah. I, I can tell you what the problem is with this one uh, Kayshawn uh, he plays with Jaden Daniels. I mean, that, that, Jeez. That right is, I mean, I will say this. Daniels helped get um, Brandon Ayuk into the first round of the draft. He's not a terrible quarterback by any means. Um, I'm joking, obviously, about him being awful. Like, he's, he's a decent college quarterback. Um, I'm really surprised by the numbers, though. 10 receptions for 93 yards, no touchdowns last year in only six games. He had 38 receptions for 509 yards and nine touchdowns. Yeah. As a, as a freshman, he had 45 receptions for 735 yards and five touchdowns. So like he had a a bunch
1: of drops week one too. And, uh, I think, don't you think part of this is just, uh, Working his way, you know, shaking off the rust from that injury. He had a pretty bad injury with the ankle, but breaking his ankle last year.
0: Well, and then they came back and they, you know, they beat Mississippi State this week, who was two and zero as well, and and they were down, you know, going into that that fourth quarter, ten to sixteen, and they ended up winning thirty one to sixteen. Um, you know, and that a lot of that was not from throwing the ball they they ran the ball fairly well daniels and and i believe it was a, a good win but like yeah it's it it almost seems like after week one where he struggled that daniels is afraid to go to him he's going more to the the neighbor's kid
1: yeah um, who's a true sophomore
0: yeah who's a young kid um it's you know but even neighbors only has 200 yards receiving in three games i mean I, I'm not saying it's not Jaden Daniels' fault, but like I don't I don't punish like I watched enough Jaden Daniels at ASU. Again, he's not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but like he's he's outside of improving his completion percentage, his yards per attempt and and all of that is just like way, way down this year. Um I just I'm really surprised that He's actually not doing more. I mean, he's in three games, he's averaging less than 200 yards a game, um, throwing. He is running the ball more. Uh, so I don't know if that was something he they're putting a concerted effort into at LSU. I, I honestly ha- I didn't get to watch this game. I've only watched the Florida State game really closely because I don't really watch those fake games that much. Um, <laughs> and so you know when you look at it from that perspective we'll see how this turns out but but remember we're talking about Johnson Johnston and Booty, and both of them were getting wide receiver 1 buzz coming into the year
1: right um so i think uh it's also we you know you you mentioned neighbors as it relates as he relates to Boutte and i think to be fair we've got to mention Uh, Smith and Jigba who he hasn't played much because of an injury a a, you know current injury but he was back last weekend uh, on a limited basis they obviously they blew the doors off Toledo but Marvin Harrison Jr. looks like a superstar and Emeka Ibuka looks like a fantastic player too and We came in thinking, you know, Smith and Jigma, Boutte, those are going to be guys competing for wide receiver one. And now they're competing for wide receiver one on their own teams. It's been Addison who moved to a new team. uh, And
0: continues to to dominate.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's something worth watching. This last guy we're talking about is Eric Gilbert. And he was a big time hot stuff recruit.
0: I was going to say he was like a five star one. I he? think like...
1: so. And and he went to, he was definitely the top tight end by some rankings. And he went to LSU. He looked like he was going to be legit as a true freshman there. He transferred after the year. He had some personal issues. Um, at first, He was going to Georgia, then he was not going to Georgia, and then he did go to Georgia. Then he didn't play at all last year. And now through two games, he had no catches. And then for the third game at South Carolina, he didn't even make the trip because of personal reasons. And now Kirby Smart saying he hopes that Gilbert, you know, rejoins them soon. So we don't know what's going on with Eric Gilbert, but this guy has not had a catch in two years now. He hasn't had a catch since, since 2020, right?
0: so yeah and this is one of those situations where you just look at it i mean when you look at gilbert overall um he has 23 snaps Um, on this on this season yeah yeah 23 snaps on the season he had 550 while he was at lsu in 2020 he's just quite frankly at this point i mean if you're drafting him it's strictly based on the hope that he turns out to be anything like you're not drafting it's based on on
1: recruiting isn't it you're
0: not you're not drafting him for anything based on what he's actually they
1: have two tight ends brock bowers who's a true sophomore and uh washington who is what a junior yeah these guys are ahead of him they look like much better prospects uh the other thing, not just bouncing back and forth between schools, but uh Gilbert at one point he was he was listed at receiver, then he was listed at tight end and but it's gone back and forth and we can't even say like, oh, George is not throwing the ball. Stetson Bennett's airing it out this year. <laughs> so this yeah, guy, it's he's just an a mystery wrapped in an enigma. We don't know what's going on with him.
0: Yeah, so like you said, um Brock Bowers has played, just so people are aware, like Eric Gilbert's played 23 snaps. And like Justin said, he missed the last game. So, but, you know, that's about 11 snaps per game. Um, Brock Bowers in three games played 116 snaps. The next tight end, Darnell Washington has played 113 snaps. But it gets better because the next tight end, something called Oscar Delp, has played 52 snaps on the season, and then you have Gilbert. So, like, again, it's not that they haven't had snaps to give. This Delp guy in three games is averaging, you know, um, what is that, 18 snaps a game or something like that? And, And Gilbert's only averaging 11. So it's definitely... An issue like it's definitely something that i think with ricks and i i was going to let you guys know ricks has only played 61 snaps on defense this year yeah and and
1: i think a lot of that was uh saturday against louisiana monroe
0: well he played 38 in the in the first game oh, okay uh, and and but here's the the kicker on th- those numbers 61 defensive snaps, 38 have been running plays. So he only has 23 coverage snaps all season. It's crazy
1: because Ricks is legitimately a a good athlete, a guy who played really well as a freshman, but it seems like there's something missing in terms of, at least as the way Nick Saban sees it in terms of work ethic. And we may be getting to uh, the same point with Gilbert in Georgia, right? Uh, At some point, these guys, I'll I'll bring up a guy, uh, Jaleel Billingsley, is a guy we thought would break out for a couple of years, and he never did. And we know that Nick Saban put him in the doghouse because of something having to do with work ethic, and then Billingsley ended up transferring to Texas, and he's been pretty quiet. So far this year, too. So, at some point, these guys have to make their own way. And uh, of course, we don't know all the details, but it certainly seems like there's something missing. Uh, I want to say, Oscar Delp, uh, he's actually a four star recruit and he's a true freshman. But yeah, that does say so, something that he's, so he's playing he, ahead. He's
0: good. I've just never heard of him. He's, he's
1: good, me. but he's, and he's playing ahead of uh, Eric Gilbert. Um so let's talk about on the flip side of things we're we're talking about disappointments, and um these guys have time to re you know oh, yeah. to,
0: pl- plenty of time left to rehab
1: their stock you know, but let's talk about the guys that are the heisman front runners right now, and we've got some betting odds on this um so so
0: this isn't justin and i's uh guys this is actually what is yeah. The betting odds. These
1: are the these are the odds. So I'll I'll go through the top five, and then we'll talk about maybe who's missing from this. But CJ Stroud right now is the favorite, and I think that's probably accurate. He's got 11 touchdowns, no picks, but he's having per, like too easy of a time right now. Uh, he's a plus 200. Caleb Williams, interesting to me that he's number two at plus 300 because he his stats are okay but he hasn't really dazzled. Bryce Young is in third place at plus 500. I think that's probably because the odds makers know that it's only, there's only been one two-time Heisman winner and that was Archie Griffin in the 70s. And then uh fourth place right now is Dylan Gabriel who you and I talked about Somebody said he was a dark horse coming into the season, and we we kind of liked that take, and we talked about that. He's out plus 1,600. I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm not sure he's done enough to, to garner that type of attention, but that's where he's at. He's in fourth, and then Stetson Bennett is plus 2,000 right now. I actually think that's the best bet right now
0: yeah i would i would and and I wouldn't say he's like the favorite, but I like the Bennett because of how easy it's been for them.
1: It's been so easy, and he's throwing for three hundred yards plus when he wasn't really known as a as a passer
0: yeah the other name and people are gonna think I'm crazy, but What about Spencer Sanders?
1: He was right in there. I think he was sixth or seventh.
0: He's, yeah, he's after JJ McCarthy at plus 4,000.
1: Which JJ McCarthy's a pure projection. He's only started one game and um, he's played very well, but he didn't even begin the year as Michigan starter. And Michigan has played, you know, nothing but cupcakes to this point. They're playing Maryland. On Saturday, why, I think Maryland's three and zero, so it's kind of a test. But Michigan has uh, been challenged.
0: Blake Corum not talked about more? Is it just because it's been so easy for them?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, and because we I, don't really know. And Blake Corum himself said they don't know who they are yet because they haven't played anybody. Right. Blake Corum, great self awareness from the junior running back who I wrote about on Patreon this week. But even he said we don't know who we are because he knows they haven't played anybody challenging, and um,
0: that's the case with a lot of these teams, frankly. What about why? Why is Jordan Addison not higher on this list?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I would say it's because a receiver doesn't often win this award, but uh, Devonte Smith just won it a couple of years ago. So, um, but it's. It, just when we go down through the top five, it's all quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, there's no running back here.
0: Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting. I feel like young is playing off of last year. I mean, we've talked about it. He hasn't been bad, but and, and young
1: kind of had, I mean, forgive me. He kind of had the Kyler Murray thing going on against Texas where he plays bad for like three quarters, but then plays out of his mind in the fourth quarter and wins the game. and, that's, I think that's kind of fresh in people's mind uh, when it comes to the odds right now. Yeah. Because, and, and mean, that's that's just, exactly what he did to win it last year, where he played like completely mediocre to bad against Auburn until they had a fourth down and uh, long, and he hits a touchdown pass to to tie it up. And they, you know, then he wins the Iron Bowl in overtime, so. I I think that's what happened, if not overtime late in the game. You know, it was he was struggling the whole time. So I think that's what's going on with Bryce Young. People still love him. Um obviously he's he's getting uh the props to be third here in these odds, yeah. but uh again the the betters know that uh it's it's Uh, only happened one time where a guy has won two Heisman's.
0: This week, we've got some actually uh, good matchups. We'll see if they turn out to be good games. That's been a struggle as of late. Uh, Starting with Wisconsin at number three, Ohio State. Um, Graham Mertz is playing kind of the best ball of his career, yet they're – you know they've already lost a game to, to washington state and at home too at At home uh we talked about that a couple of weeks ago it's just it's a weird year for them um you know it, it is interesting defensively they're only allowing eight points per game um but that includes a shutout against illinois state and then uh 66 to 7 win over new mexico state so they haven't played anybody yet including their loss to washington state um which you know without being rude is is a a nobody right now Um, i will say
1: uh, my my uh sister-in-law and her husband went and he's an alum of washington state they went to that game and got to see that upset win so i was excited for them to see that because i don't even they didn't expect that to happen
0: yeah and washington state i mean we didn't even talk about this one but they get oregon this week so you know we'll get to know something about them and and see what wisconsin has going up against um ohio state mertz is interesting man because when you look at when you look at his season you know like you said it's 71 percent completion percentage He's throwing for just over 200 yards per game, but we he's know he's throwing that,
1: downfield too. 11 yeah, we, yards per attempt.
0: We know that that's kind of they're they're more of a chunk yardage at this point now than they don't throw the ball a ton. He only has 62 attempts on the season, which is about, you know, 20 attempts a game.
1: And that's their their pass game is predicated on their run game. They got Braylon Allen, he's a true sophomore, so we don't talk about him too much, but you know, they're they're running the ball early. But the the thing is, like if you're fortunate enough to bet on uh some of these player props, Graham Mertz, they're underselling his passing yards right now. He's going over every week. So that's something to look out for. I think this is a this is a, a tough test for the Badgers to go on the road against Ohio State. Uh Mertz, I, I don't think he's gonna have as easy of a time although Ohio State's secondary has hasn't been the greatest Um, but the thing about uh, Toledo Ohio State smoked him last week Toledo had a very mobile athletic quarterback and he made plays with his legs Mertz is a decent athlete he's a big kid I don't think he's going to be as adept at at uh, extending plays as Toledo's quarterback was Ohio State's focus is going to be Allen. They're going to try and shut him down. And uh, it's going to have to be Wisconsin's defense that steps up if they're going to have hope for an upset. And that's uh, where junior linebacker Nick Herbig steps in because he leads the team with four sacks.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what their defense can do. Um, And then obviously interesting what – if Ohio State's offense can get – continue to roll after their one slow start against Notre Dame. Um and that was
1: purely Notre Dame playing keep away cuz Ohio State's offense has been running on all all cylinders. Uh there's been no letdown from Ohio State's offense. It's just you have to keep the ball out of their hands. Wisconsin's going to have to run the ball effectively to do that. Um oh, Buckeyes are going to be probably without Travion Henderson it looks like. Their sophomore running back but Mayan Williams, I wanted to talk about this guy because he is draft eligible. He's a redshirt sophomore, or he's listed as a third-year. Uh, third-year
0: uh, oh. j- junior or sophomore. Yeah, right.
1: Um, um, he leads the team in rushing, 207 yards, 6.5 yards of carry. He's like a fireplug. He's 5'8", 215, you know, 220 pounds.
0: They list him at 227.
1: He is running really well. He runs hard. He's got some wiggle to him. And this guy was only a three-star recruit. He was almost an afterthought in recruiting. Uh he he came out of Cincinnati. This kid's pretty good. He he is actually a legit NFL prospect. And um he's if if he has to be the go-to guy, they also have uh freshman Dallin Hayden and uh they had some walk-ons. <laughs> getting a lot of carries last weekend so they're prepared in case Travion can't go but that would be a big loss for them and a big uh in a big matchup in the in the conference.
0: Next we have number 5 Clemson at 21 Wake Forest. Both are 3 and 0 this season. Um we've talked about Clemson quite a bit but DJ uh Yunglele, continues to slowly rebuild his stock I, I think that's the best way to put it it's not good by any means but it's it's getting better uh three games he's just under 65 percent completion percentage 662 yards five touchdowns so only one interception um
1: the problem again, with dju though is against the 2 FBS teams that they played he's he's still under 60%. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I don't know. I I I would really like you said they've haven't played anybody so it's tough to get a gauge. Um I'd really have to dig in and see if if it's him or if it's the if it's the uh receivers or or if it's a combination of two. Um they're being carried kind of offensively by their running back Will Shipley um who's who scored 6 touchdowns on the season you know he's a he's a true sophomore though so you know he's not somebody we we discuss typically but their top receiver right now is also a true sophomore in Poe Collins so i just i mean are they a year away offensively or are they a quarterback away offensively?
1: (laughs) I, I, yeah, I feel like
0: that's a legitimate question.
1: I think so. Uh, but you know, even more to the point too, like, look at their defense because miles Murphy, he's supposed to be their next great pass rusher. And he, he didn't actually uh, get a sack until this past weekend. So Clemson seems to be getting by on reputation to me at this point to be ranked fifth overall. I do think they're going to beat Wake Forest, but it is a road game. It's going to be a little bit tougher. Wake has uh Sam Hartman. We talked about him on Patreon last week. He's back from a, a, a uh, what did he have? A heart a issue. Blood,
0: I thought it was blood clots. Blood clots.
1: Yeah. He had a blood clot issue and then uh they've got AT Perry a big big receiver who had a lot of um a, a big time season last year a lot of receiving yards a lot of yards per catch so that's a good tandem this is going to be a, a tough matchup for Clemson but I I still think they're going to walk away with the win and DJU part of me thinks that they kind of have the handcuffs on him I know that he hasn't been the most accurate guy I know uh, that he's missed a lot of throws, but he's like he worked hard this off season. He lost thirty pounds. He's a good athlete. He's got a good arm, and they seem to be overly cautious with him. I don't know. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that they're just they're seemingly, to your point, not showing anything. Kind of riding their defense um, in these games. Their defense hasn't been great as you said i mean they they're allowing 14 points per game which is good but like that's still 22nd in the nation um and their offense i mean their offense is putting up massive numbers but it again it's kind of it's kind of dink and dunk by committee will shipley like i i feel like the guy that's been the best prospect for them has been brian breecy, who's you know kind of a a freak but he didn't play in this last game is he hurt
1: no actually uh unfortunately Breesy's sister passed okay. away she had a brain tumor oh, okay and so right. he was excused for for personal reasons so horrible situation for, yeah, for him awful. and his family but but yeah brian Breesy, um he is i think their best prospect overall he's been he's a terrific athlete. I think he dealt with injury last year and this this poor kid has dealt with a lot of adversity. Um, And his sister passing away is obviously the hardest thing he's probably ever dealt with in his life. So, Um, but I, I I do think that he's probably going to be back this time this week. And um, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family because It's hard to imagine, especially you and I are both parents. It's, it's hard to imagine, uh, such a, such a tragedy. So,
0: yeah, with, with that going on, I mean, it's just one of those situations that you kind of just see when he comes back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think he's, he's probably coming back this week, but it would be completely understandable if he doesn't. Um, yeah just a really tough situation but the whole program's behind him so yeah
0: and and he's been i mean he the, obviously coming back from the knee injury he's been limited in snaps um which is again kind of slow playing things this year uh but like his his two games were in, in only 47 pass rushing snaps he's like he's all over the place he's just uh yeah, he's a freak, man. Like He was a
1: five-star for a reason. And yeah. uh, they you know, they definitely have a good good one there. Um as they have uh, over the years with their interior alignment. You know, Clemson has been really good. Uh you look at these guys that have come out of Clemson and uh, gone to the pros. They've produced. They've they've delivered the interior alignment anyway.
0: A great matchup of a uh,
1: basketball matchup.
0: Yeah, two elite basketball programs, Kansas and Duke. Um, why is Kansas not ranked?
1: Why isn't Duke? I mean, they're both three and zero. Uh...
0: Yeah, but I mean, Duke. I I don't disagree, but I mean, Houston was ranked, and West Virginia was ranked when right when. Like, why? I I and it's you know we said last week we don't necessarily buy Kansas still. But, that was on the Patreon show, so. But they're beating what's put in front of them, and that's all they can do. And
1: I think beating Houston's kind of a big deal for Kansas.
0: Right, and that's kind of my point, is like you're, they're beating teams. They that, beat them by 18 points, right? Yeah, they beat they beat them up pretty good, yeah. uh, 48 to 30, dropped them to, to one and two. Mm-hmm. You know, they beat up uh, – West Virginia, um, they beat them fifty-five <laughs> to forty-two. So that their offense it. that went
1: to OT, I think. That game. Yeah,
0: that that was that freaky OT play. Right. Um their offense is being led by their quarterback Jalen Daniels, who is I guess I mean I know why he's not being talked about as a Heisman candidate cuz he plays for Kansas, but right. like from what he has done this year, should he not at least be mentioned?
1: He should be. He should be. That's the one guy out of uh, when we talked about the the top 5 or top 6, like this guy has to be in the conversation. The only reason he's not is because he's at Kansas and people aren't buying Kansas yet. But uh you and I talked about it on Patreon last week. Lance Leopold, this guy might legitimately be one of the best coaches in college football. He's got Kansas humming right now, and Jalen Daniels is playing out of his mind. He had, uh, not only does he, is he completing 67% of his passes, seven touchdowns, just one pick, eight eight 8.1 yards per attempt. He's also got 237 rushing yards. He's averaging almost nine yards a carry. And he scored three rushing touchdowns. This kid is he's a true junior, he's six foot two fifteen, so he's not big, but he's showing nFL arm talent and NFL athleticism. This is a a team we have to start watching and paying attention to, and it's weird because Kansas has been an also ran like not not just an also ran but like a bottom feeder for years. They're three uh this is the first 3 and 0 start since 09 I think and uh they have a legit chance and I think they will go to four 0 against Duke.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting because there we talked about it last week if they won that game in Houston and I'm probably going to jinx them but like there's a legitimate chance that they could be 6 and 0 going into that matchup on October 15th. At Oklahoma, that would be
1: fantastic for this program. That that means they'd already be bowl eligible before they play Oklahoma. And I agree with you. Uh, the more I see out of this, out of Jalen Daniels, the more he's really carrying them. And then they have a, a defense that's just doing just enough to allow him to take over the games late. It's been pretty fun to watch this team, and uh, I think they're going to get a win this week.
0: Next on the uh, game list is a more classic matchup. This is kind of the marquee matchup of the week, don't you think? Yeah, Florida at Tennessee. Anthony Richardson, not to pick on the guy, which we've been doing, but Anthony Richardson the last two weeks against Kentucky. Let's pick on him. Let's pick on him. I think we should. In Southern Florida, 24 for 53, which is 45% for 255 yards, no touchdowns, four interceptions, and he has 28 rushing yards um in those two games. He's averaging no,
1: 4.8 yards per attempt.
0: And he has no uh pa- no touchdown passes on the year. On the year. That's a guy that was being um hyped as a potential first round quarterback. After
1: week 1, you, uh that was the week you missed and uh Ian Wharton was co-hosting with me that week. We were talking about him like we've got to talk about him as a top 5, top 10 prospect. So the <laughs> the train is off the tracks here. He has not only not delivered, but he has just completely imploded the last couple of weeks. And honestly Seth, I think that if Jack Miller wasn't recovering from thumb surgery at this point. There might be talks about a quarterback switch. Billy Napier is in his first year. He's not married to anybody. And actually Miller was, he came on board as a transfer after Napier was hired. So Anthony Richardson, I think he's on thin ice right now. Like this guy has all the talent in the world as far as athleticism and arm strength. But he's not delivering as a passer, and it's got to be concerning. No pass touchdowns, and uh, Florida, they jumped after week one. They went from unranked all the way up to, like, number eight or number 12. Then uh, they got dueled at home by Kentucky and Will Levis, and now they're sitting here getting ready to face Tennessee and, you know, Richardson has another uh, 2023 quarterback prospect that he's facing with Hendon Hooker, who uh, has completed 69%, almost 10 yards per attempt, five TDs, no picks. He's an older prospect, too. He's going to be 25 in in January. So, I mean, Hendon Hooker is older than Kenny Pickett. But still, this is the opponent on, on the board for Florida, and uh, Anthony Richardson has just been... A huge disappointment, I think.
0: Can I can I tell you a fun stat? Sure. The the uh, backup at Tennessee, who played uh, at Michigan for a yeah, Joe of years. Milton, right? Joe Milton has uh, three touchdowns passes <laughs> on the season.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: So um, he has three more touchdowns than. Anthony Richardson on the so
1: season. what do you think is the problem with Richardson? I mean, we we talked about him in the way well, too early uh, I, I, rankings, and and we I were kind of skeptical.
0: I said back then, I don't know why people thought he was better than Emory Jones. I just, I mean, I get the physical skill set, but at some point, the Eric Gilberts, the Eli Ricks, they have to approve it on the yeah. field too.
1: That's exactly it. It's the promise. You have, you, you have um, the projection of what they might be, but ultimately they have to actually deliver on that. And when they don't, it it just gets kind of painful to watch. And I'm not sure what's going to happen with Anthony Richardson this year. I, I, I legitimately think when Jack Miller uh, is healthy enough, it's going to be a conversation because Napier is going to have He's, it's not just going to be a one and done for him, right? Like, he's going to have his opportunity to recruit his own guys or play his own guys. And Richardson's not his guy. So right. Richardson has to, at some point, deliver on all this promise that he has, all this athletic upside that he has, or he's going to be out of a job and then he's going to be in the portal.
0: I got, I wanted to, a- We've talked about Cedric Tillman quite a bit, the uh, outstanding wide receiver at Tennessee, but are we not talking enough about Jalen Hyatt, the other guy? Probably.
1: Um, I mean, I haven't I, talked I, about him at all.
0: I don't want to say that he could be the next, like, uh, Jalen Waddell or or anything like that, but this guy is legitimate, like, track athlete fast. He ran a 43140. He's one of the fastest hundred and two hundred meters in the in the nation coming out of high school. And he's a true junior. Um six foot 175 180 pounds, depending on what website you look at. And he's already matched his career high in yards and touchdowns. And he's four receptions away from setting his career high in catches it. We know the NFL loves speed and a guy that's got like will fuller ish abilities. Like he, he could be a guy that ends up going on day two because we're talking about elite, like world-class speed.
1: This is a, a, a great call by you. Um, you look at his build, too. He's got that build that you and I have talked about the last couple of years where it's kind of become in vogue in the NFL. Devontae Smith, uh, Olave, Garrett Wilson, where they don't care anymore if you weigh a buck 80 and you're six feet, if you can run. And, uh, you know, Jordan Addison's another guy like that, too. Uh, yeah. yeah, this yeah. is an interesting call because nobody's talking about him. So uh, I think Seth, you can be a firster on this.
0: So yeah, so I I mean I'm not saying he's going to be. Go ahead and say it. Uh, you know, a, a guy like <laughs> he's that. He's a but... day
1: two pick. Seth is a firster, <laughs> and then yeah. we're we're firsters on uh on Jalen Daniels from Kansas as well.
0: Well, yeah, and. I don't remember the translations. I know we've looked at them before, but um Hyatt as a senior in high school ran a ten four six one hundred and a twenty-one one four two hundred.
1: Okay, what was that? Ten four six one hundred?
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: stall for me for a minute because I'll I'll find that.
0: But yeah, it's just interesting because you know, he's he's literally right there with Tillman in terms of just production this year. They're playing incredible football they haven't played anybody great yeah that That's,
1: 100 meter time uh, translates easily into sub 4-4 territory
0: yeah he allegedly laser timed in april at 4-3-1 i believe Alleg- it with, a- with that 100
1: meter time that sounds legit
0: and so like he's a track guy yeah speed wise they beat Pitt. obviously um they've blown the doors off at ball state and akron this is going to be a great Test for for them because if they come out and and beat Florida, that you know then they get a tune up or they get a week off before their tune up with LSU because I just don't buy LSU still before no. the Bama game and I don't think so, that they. So can wait, beat-
1: let's backpedal a bit because we didn't we didn't make. uh I picked the Duke Kansas game. I picked Kansas, but are we taking OSU or Wisconsin?
0: Oh, oh! I think it's Ohio State. This yeah,
1: week. OSU. And then, um, are we taking Clemson or Wake?
0: What's the line?
1: We didn't have lines. Can,
0: when can I, I take wrote the, the show? Can I take the under? <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I want to take the under.
1: <laughs> Let me check if there's lines. That have come I, out I got. Because...
0: I actually got it right here. Uh, they have.
1: So, OSU's eighteen point favorites at was or uh, at home against Wisconsin. Clemson's, I think they're going to cover.
0: Yeah, Clemson's seven and a half point favorites.
1: Seven and a half. I think I'll take Clemson to cover that as well. Yeah,
0: and and the unders heavy at under fifty six and a half. So yeah, take
1: the under. Uh, Kansas Duke is there's no line as far as I can tell.
0: And then we've got
1: but Kansas uh, is my my guy right there.
0: Tennessee's 10 and a half point favorites.
1: <laughs> that's interesting. That's a that might big, be too much.
0: That's a big line.
1: I'll take Tennessee to win Florida for- to cover.
0: Yeah, because I mean, Tennessee just beat Pitt by seven in a, right. in overtime, right?
1: Yeah. And I think, I think Richardson is talented enough to put points on the board. It, that's too big of a line for me. Tennessee to win Florida to cover.
0: I got, I got Kansas minus eight and a half
1: okay. against Duke. I'll take Kansas yeah, for the I win think, and the cover on that. Yeah.
0: And then our final one's Arkansas at Texas A&M. and m um, Texas or Arkansas almost crapped the bed this week, man. What happened? <laughs> I,
1: I I don't know, but I got to – I'll sneak in. This is not the official hot take of the week, but I'll sneak in uh, our buddy Matty Moe on Twitter. He was uh, – messaging me on the over the weekend and he said uh hendon hooker and kj jefferson are better than stroud and bryce young <laughs> so and i i promised him i would shoot him a, a hot take this week
0: and, and uh and Texas i told a&- him
1: hendon hooker's older than kenny pickett he so said that <laughs> you can't do that
0: Texas, he A&M- scolded me Be- <laughs> bounce back after their disappointing loss to appalachian state with a just thrashing defensively of of miami um we weren't buying miami as the number 13 team in the country in that game but i mean they they made them look silly in that game just defensively i mean I still have a lot of questions about A&M's offense. They,
1: they, that, that's what I was just going to say. Like, they have all this offensive talent in terms of recruiting. And they've got nothing going. They benched their quarterback, Hayes, Haynes King. And they put in, uh, they inserted Max, uh, Johnson. Max Johnson, the transfer from LSU. And he threw for like a buck forty, And A-chain... Still only averaged like four and a half yards a carry. He's only at 4.3 yards a carry the whole year. And uh, Aeneas Smith, he's still only had the one big game to start the year. Uh, he had a decent game this, this week. But a and I think, is just one of the schools where it's a it's this conundrum. Like, why are they so good at recruiting? And then the recruits don't get any better when they go to this program. We saw it with the, the guys that came out of the program in recent years. Um, I'm thinking like Weidemeyer last year. He ran like a 5-1 when he <laughs> got to the combine. Yeah. Uh, they uh, had that
0: Isaiah Spiller even.
1: Yeah, Isaiah Spiller. I still think he's pretty, He's a good player, but he didn't develop as an athlete. And who was the uh, receiver that they had, the big-time receiver prospect? Uh, uh, um, Jamon Osman, right?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: And he did nothing, you know, as as a as a uh, draft prospect. So A and M has a big problem on their hands with Jimbo Fisher. He can recruit guys, but he's not developing them, and they're just becoming this kind of stagnant program. It's it's almost like the Iowa of the SEC, except Iowa doesn't get us say Iowa recruits. doesn't get, get <laughs> these recruits. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, that's not fair to Iowa. It's more like the like.
0: It, it, it's kind of like what we've seen with like, um, like USC, U- USC back with, and before Lincoln Riley and, and Texas,
1: right? Right, where they're getting these big-time recruits, they're not developing them, and it's just,
0: it's a problem. Yeah, it's big so time. so Texas a and favored by two and a half. Does the Arkansas performance this week scare you enough to take AM? No. By, the, by take the way, Arkansas. Arkansas is number 10 in the country, and they're two and a half point dogs on the road.
1: I, you know, the odds makers in college football, they're always going to be um, afraid to favor the road team, especially when both teams are ranked. Um, but in this case, I'm going against the odds makers. I think Arkansas is going to win outright. And, therefore cover this spread because they just have the better, they have a better team right now. Not that they have better recruits. They just have a better team. They have a better I mean, quarterback.
0: It's going to come down to, they if, have a if, better,
1: I think they might have a better coach.
0: It's going to come down to if A&M can stop uh, Raheem Sanders, because that dude is just,
1: he's been playing great. He's a true sophomore, I think. Yeah. So we'll talk more about him next year. But hey, KJ
0: Jefferson, this guy. He's playing phenomenal.
1: He runs, he throws, he's accurate. Um and he's a he's he's completed 71% of his passes for almost 10 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, just one pick, three rushing touchdowns. And they've got that transfer, uh, Drew Sanders, the linebacker from Alabama, who we talked about on Patreon last week. He had another two and a half sacks this past weekend and has uh five and a half sacks on the year. He's second in the FBS. In yeah,
0: sacks. I was gonna I was gonna say the two things for AM to win are are stopping Sanders and Sanders. And <laughs> and right. I really I really don't know if they can do both. Like I trust their defense more than I trust their offense. And I think Arkansas has too many explosive players especially the way kj jefferson's been playing yeah i'm gonna take arkansas
1: arkansas doesn't have to worry about AM's offense arkansas can grind this out and win by the way, and i by think the way, they have the better personnel to do it
0: by the way you were asking max johnson was 10 for 20 for 140 yards
1: yeah he stinks but arkansas has the better team to grind this one out Like AM does not have an answer at quarterback. And frankly, Max Johnson was better at quarterback in LSU system. Right. (laughs) Which is crazy um, because his coach was fired. So we've got a hot take and I got to pull it up here. But um, a lot of times our hot takes don't come from people that we don't. That we don't like, of course, not, but uh, sometimes they come from people that we do like. And uh, Seth, where's this hot take? I'm having trouble finding it.
0: I got it. So, uh, this
1: is my guy, Luca
0: Luca Sartarana, uh, writes for Battle Red Blog RD Scouting and Huddle Mag. And he tweets
1: a lot of great clips all throughout the weekend. He's one he's honestly, I really enjoy following this guy. He's a young guy and uh, he really has a lot of good takes.
0: So he's talking about the running back class, which we've talked about. We think it's a a good running back class, but this is interesting. Uh, Bijan Robinson equals Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's a little, little rich. I'm a big Bijan Robinson fan, (laughs) but it's a a little rich for me. A little bit. Uh, uh, Zach Evans equals Todd Gurley.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, kind of heating up now.
0: Yeah, I mean Zach Evans has had a phenomenal year since he's transferred from TCU to Ole Miss. I'm
1: big Zach uh, Evans guy. I think he's um, definitely going to be a, a riser.
0: He's a little, a uh, little smaller than Todd Gurley. Yeah, a little bit. And by, he's, by he's a, he's a six little foot
1: two fifteen. Yeah. I think Gurley was closer to two twenty five
0: coming out. And, and uh so you know that's an interesting one but he's you know we talked about his evolution of moving to the sec Mm -hmm. this this one is interesting um sean tucker who we talked about quite a bit coming out uh is ray rice he's also really struggling this year like well uh like he's he's averaging less than four yards a carry
1: yeah they're really got, keyed on him. i mean yeah you know,
0: it's not his fault i don't think i mean he's not, shown
1: he's shown a lot as a receiver and he has
0: shown more he's already got 10 or 12 receptions for 124 yards yeah it's, and he know,
1: he can fly i mean uh sean tucker flat out has you know fourth sub four four speed we know what that.
0: but ray rice wasn't that fast was he
1: No, and um, but I'll tell you as as a prospect comparison, I don't hate it because when you're talking about like the the level of the program and like just this the size comparison, sometimes we get caught up in like what they did as pros, so we we are like oh this is a really hot take, but um, that's not too bad for me. Yeah, but keep going.
0: I mean, Rice did run for over two thousand yards one season. Right, it's <laughs> a lot of yards. Yeah, uh, Tank Bigsby equals Ezekiel Elliott.
1: That's where it gets hot to me. <laughs> that's where it gets really hot to me.
0: Um, Bigsby is is a decent size, six foot, two hundred and eight pounds. He also only has thirty eight attempts on the season. Interesting. Uh, um uh, running well, two hundred and thirty seven yards um mm-hmm. uh, on those, so just over six yards of carry, which is which is good. I mean, Zeke no
1: had like an eighteen hundred yard season and he carried Ohio State to a national championship. So he that's had, gonna he, be a really tough one for me He, to had, get
0: he had two eighteen hundred yard right. seasons. He had uh eighteen touchdowns as a true sophomore and then yeah. twenty-three as a as a true junior and he had
1: sprinter uh, speed um he was a hurdler uh in track in high school 100 meter hurdler um four four seven i think was his official 40 time at at like almost 230 pounds so that's gonna be a tough sell for me
0: and then alvin or sorry jameer gibbs equals uh alvin Kamara. <laughs> uh, so here's my question. If you're talking about as a, are we talking about prospects or are we talking about what their pro comparison is?
1: Right. I think that's really the the question because as I, as I mentioned, um, if you think about like Tucker and rice as prospects, like it doesn't seem too wild to me. But Jameer Gibbs it seems to me that he's significantly smaller right now than than Kamara was as a prospect, so uh, that one's a little difficult for me. But I kind of get it. But what you're, you know, the thing is, um, these are all we talk about top end and bottom end comparisons, and these are all top end comparisons.
0: Yeah, there's no range
1: different. here, so there's no margin for for failure. There's no margin for um, for these guys coming up short. And it's not. I'm not trying to be critical, Luca, for this because I actually really appreciate uh, gumption to put a take like this out because, like he he just compared five college guys to five like really, really good NFL players and that takes a lot of guts to do that. But I don't think I think the odds are against that all of these guys are gonna going to um produce like this. However, I do think there's some merit in saying that these are these are good running back prospects. So yeah I they like are. this and, class.
0: And and like my question is like if you're saying that, so are you comfortable taking Gibbs in the third round or are you saying that NFS said sh- Gibbs was a top 10 pick? Well, so. that's what my question kind of yeah. was. Or are you saying Gibbs should be picked in the first round? Cause Kamara should have been picked in the first round. Like that's, I guess where all this stuff comes down to yeah. for me, but that is, yeah, quite the, uh, quite the hot take, if you will.
1: It's a good one. Um, and as we, you know, oftentimes our hot take artists have ultimately become our guests. So uh, maybe someday we'll get Luca on the show because uh, he is one of my favorite guys to follow uh, as far as young draft Knicks. But that was, I had to, we had to bring him on this week for the hot take because when you compare five college kids to five guys, three of three, uh, two or three might be hall of famers. Then.
0: And and multiple all pro and right. we, like.
1: we've gotta talk about it. We've gotta at least discuss it. We would be doing our listeners a disservice.
0: <laughs> well, thanks all for listening tonight. Like Justin said, check out our Patreon, um where we where we have two articles a week and the additional show every week. Uh it's it's two dollars a month for the additional show, four dollars a month for all our content and We'll be back later this week for uh, the Patreon episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. We need to do
1: an outro at some point. Just something kind of... What I hear in other shows is where they're like, uh, you know, uh, subscribe and give us a five-star review. Sign up for our Patreon. It's $2 a month for our bonus episodes $4 a month for all additional content something like that
0: yeah we should work on something like that that could be it right there a read yeah that's (laughs) it exactly